Chapter Fifteen of Peggy Raymond's Vacation by Harriet Lemus Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifteen Priscilla's Looking Glass. In less than twenty four hours, Elaine will be here. You've been saying that for a week, Priscilla commented tartly. The two girls had the porch to themselves. Priscilla stretched her lazy length in the hammock while peggy had curled herself into the biggest chair in a position which only a kitten or a schoolgirl could by any possibility consider comfortable life at dolittle cottage was not favorable to tete-a-tetes and priscilla found ground for a grievance in the fact that on one of the rare occasions when they were alone together peggy should occupy the time in discussing the approaching visit of another friend though priscilla had been making a gallant fight against her besetting weakness it occasionally took her off her guard if i've been saying that for a week observed peggy with unruffled good-nature i've been talking nonsense for this is the first day it's been true don't be silly peggy you know perfectly well what i mean for a week you haven't been able to talk of anything but elaine's coming peggy made no reply there was a critical note in the accusation which she found vaguely irritating and it seemed to her the wisest course to let the matter drop where it was but priscilla was in the unreasonable mood when even silence is sufficient ground for resentment dear me peggy i didn't mean to reduce you to absolute dumbness by all means talk of elaine if that's the only topic of interest see here priscilla peggy straightened herself an unwonted color in her cheeks for all her sweetness of disposition she had a temper of her own and was perhaps no less lovable on that account i thought we'd settled this thing long ago you know i'm fond of elaine she went on steadily and after her hard year i'm delighted that she can have an outing up here with the rest of us it isn't anything i'm ashamed of and it isn't anything you've a right to call me to account for i don't care any the less for you because i care for elaine too there are few better tests of character than its response to frankness a girl of another sort would have found in this straightforward speech additional cause for umbrage priscilla showed that her faults were only superficial after all by her immediate surrender oh peggy she exclaimed a choke in her voice you don't need to tell me that i don't know what ails me sometimes i should think you'd lose all patience with me a tear splashed down upon her cheek and peggy surprised and touched leaned forward to pat the heaving shoulder consolingly never mind dear we won't say another word about it just one more pleaded priscilla you know peggy that even when i'm hateful i love you better than anybody in the world except my father and mother but if you weren't the dearest girl on earth the screen door flew open and slammed shut with an explosive effect which might have startled listeners unused to such phenomena but in a cottage filled with young folks doors are so likely to slam that this miniature thunderclap did not cause either head to turn it was rather the singular silence following which led peggy to lift her eyes and it was the expression on peggy's face which brought priscilla to the realization that something out of the ordinary was taking place claire stood by the screen door her hands clenched her face scarlet her whole demeanor indicating the intensity of her struggle for self-control priscilla looked at her aghast all sorts of alarming speculations racing through her mind oh what's the matter she cried i heard every word you heard priscilla broke off and turned on peggy a blank face do you know what she means what has she heard oh you needn't try to get out of it Claire's voice was suddenly shrill and rasping. So Miss Peggy Raymond is the dearest girl on earth, is she? And you love her better than anybody in the world. It wouldn't do any good for you to deny it. 
i haven't any intention of denying it priscilla replied choosing her words with care instantly she knew that this meant the end of the friendship which had by degrees become a burden rather than a joy claire's exactions her extravagant protests of an affection which in its expression proved itself to be nothing but self-love had been the one discordant note in the summer's harmony to have the unreal bond dissolved even in so drastic a fashion came as a relief i haven't any wish to deny it priscilla repeated as claire gasped hysterically everybody who knows me knows that peggy's my best friend and what about me the tragic tone of claire's inquiry threw its absurdity into temporary eclipse i'm nobody i suppose i can just be set aside when it suits your pleasure and you called yourself my friend why claire peggy began throwing herself into the breach with her usual irresistible impulse toward peacemaking but to the angry girl this well-meant interference was additional provocation oh don't you say anything she cried turning savagely on the would-be pacificator you ought to be satisfied it's all your fault my fault the accusation was too preposterous to be taken seriously peggy could not keep from smiling oh yes i don't wonder that you laugh exclaimed claire finding in that involuntary twitching of the lips new fuel for her wrath it's what you've been plotting all the time and now you've done it so of course you're satisfied peggy's impulse to laughter had passed she turned rather pale and sat silent not deigning to reply to such a charge while claire rushed on recklessly of course after this nothing would induce me to stay in this house another night i should hope not remarked priscilla with deadly coldness she might have forgiven claire's attack on herself but such treatment of peggy was not to be overlooked the eyes of the two girls met like clashing swords but in spite of claire's declaration that nothing would induce her to spend another night at doolittle cottage when it was ascertained that the first train on which she could take her departure left at ten o'clock next morning she did not seek the hospitality of mrs snooks roof nor even suggest sleeping on the lawn after her first paroxysm of anger was over she became abnormally and painfully polite begged everybody's pardon for nothing at all and proffered extravagant thanks for the simplest service she declined to come down to supper on the pretext that she was too busy packing and when peggy carried up a well-laden tray claire received her with courteous protests oh dear me you shouldn't have done that i had no idea of your taking any trouble on my account i'm not at all hungry you know claire would have given much for a sufficient strength of will to refuse to taste another morsel of food in doolittle cottage but being angry is unluckily no safeguard against being hungry as a matter of fact the voice of claire's appetite was too insistent to allow her to give herself the satisfaction of haughtily declining to profit by peggy's thoughtfulness just set the tray down anywhere she continued packing ostentatiously and if i get time and feel like it i'll eat a mouthful and peggy departed relieved by her sincere conviction that no one in the cottage would go to bed without a satisfactory evening meal as claire was to leave at ten and elaine arrived at eleven it was but natural that the girls who were to meet the new arrival should accompany the departing guest on the four-mile drive to the station indeed if they depended on the stage it was necessary that they should go together as this conveyance made but one trip a day in each direction peggy did not wish to delegate to any of the other girls the responsibility of meeting elaine whom she regarded as her especial guest and since claire had come to the cottage on priscilla's invitation peggy felt that it devolved on priscilla to see her off in spite of the unfortunate termination of the visit as for seeing her off i shall be glad enough to do that declared priscilla who now that her tongue was loosed 
was atoning for many days of repression but peggy i don't see how it can stand a four-mile drive with that girl i'll be there too honey and with the stage driver listening to every word we can't talk about anything except the scenery please come priscilla don't give her any excuse for thinking that you haven't done everything that could possibly be expected of you accordingly the stage calling the next morning found three passengers awaiting its arrival and the keenly observant driver who occasionally turned his head and proffered an observation in case the conversation languished must have formed an entirely new conception of girls of seventeen had they all been seventy and the merest acquaintances they could not have treated one another with more precise politeness nor have conversed with greater decorum altogether priscilla had some show of reason for referring later to the drive as ghastly unluckily claire's train was thirty minutes late and the tension was accordingly prolonged for that length of time as peggy attempted to make conversation out of such material as the weather and the time claire would reach home priscilla was reflecting that if she were obliged to wait much longer she would disgrace herself either by laughing or by crying or by indulging in both diversions at once and the same moment but the whistle sounded in time to save priscilla's hardly tried self-control the girls shook hands primly peggy and priscilla wished claire a pleasant journey claire replied by effusive thanks at length to the relief of all three she handed her suitcase to an obsequious porter and stepped aboard the pullman now be ready peggy cried clutching priscilla's arm wave your hand if she looks out but claire did not deign so much as a glance at her late companions and the train which bore her out of the heart of the green hills carried her forever out of the lives of the two who watched her departure the girls seated themselves on one of the station benches to await elaine's train peggy was a little sober for unjustified as she knew claire's suspicions to be she could not help asking herself how it was that she had gained so little of claire's confidence in a summer's association and priscilla's face too was overcast but for a different reason peggy she explained abruptly do you know i feel as if i'd been looking at myself in the mirror then you ought to feel more cheerful than you look returned peggy with a sweeping glance and a smile designed to express her conviction that priscilla was an unusually handsome girl but priscilla was not to be turned aside by the little compliment it isn't any reason to be cheerful i mean peggy that this affair with claire has just helped to show me what i'm like myself peggy broke into excited protests to which priscilla listened unmoved it's exactly the same thing i've been jealous of elaine in just the same way she has been jealous of you and both of us called it love when at the time it was just the meanest kind of selfishness i wonder why it is that your faults never look very bad till you see them in somebody else if you imagine that you're like claire fendall interjected peggy seething with indignation you're badly mistaken that's all but glad as priscilla would have been to accept the comforting assurance she shook her head with decision it's exactly the same thing she insisted but i really hope why peggy what's the matter if peggy's convulsive movement had not been sufficient to account for the startled question the expression of her face was abundant ground for the inquiry why peggy priscilla repeated in real consternation what is it what has happened i never thought of it till this minute she spoiled everything who claire what has she spoiled our play groaned peggy it comes off on tuesday and has been advertised in the last three issues of the arena we can't possibly find anybody to take her place what are we going to do 
dorothea clark played it last june why not telegraph for her to come up we just can't have a fizzle at the last minute why dolly clark is in california somebody spoke of it in a letter only last week peggy groaned again i wonder if claire didn't think that her going would spoil everything or if she just didn't care priscilla was inclined to favor the latter hypothesis yet even in her resentment she realized that any amount of criticism of claire would not save the situation vainly the girls grappled with the problem to end by looking at each other despairingly when elaine stepped off the train at eleven o'clock she was immediately conscious of missing something in her welcome it was not that peggy did not seem glad to see her for the steadfast eyes that met her own were beaming with affection priscilla too was unusually cordial and yet elaine missed something the spontaneous overflowing of light hearts what is it she asked looking from one to the other as the stage driver went for her little trunk is somebody ill is anything wrong somehow you look peggy and priscilla exchanged glances peggy laughed we might as well tell her now as later perhaps when that's off our minds we'll be able to think of something else you know i wrote to you about the benefit we got up for lucy haynes yes i know well we're going to give the little farce we learned for commencement week it happened that we four girls took all the principal parts but one and claire fendel agreed to take that you were at one of our rehearsals last spring weren't you well this was adelaide's part yes i remember the girl who was always losing her temper over things well unluckily claire lost her temper over something and went home just an hour ago and the play is for tuesday night we can't possibly postpone it because there is no way of getting word to the people the paper only comes out once a week did you ever hear of anything so dreadful elaine was musing if i remember it isn't such a very long part why it isn't as long as priscilla's or mine but adelaide is one of the leading characters she couldn't possibly be left out i didn't mean that i was only going to suggest elaine hesitated with a little of her old-time shyness i was only going to say that if you couldn't do any better i'd take the part take the part peggy looked at her friend in an amazement which temporarily obscured her gratitude but we give the thing tuesday night yes i know elaine smiled a little at the conflict of hope and incredulity written on peggy's expressive face but i really have a very quick memory peggy though i don't retain things as long as lots of other people and before i came to friendly terrace i took the part in school theatricals quite often i can't promise to distinguish myself but i'm sure i can get through the part and save the day and then to elaine's secret amazement it was priscilla's arm that went about her waist and priscilla's voice that cried with a thrill of sincerity there was no mistaking oh peggy isn't it splendid to have her here end of chapter fifteen